God is good, amen. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We take time to be here this morning, Lord. We ask that you would meet us here in this place. God, that your presence would be in this house. God, that it would continue to move in our midst. God, give us the words to speak. Lord, that it would be your words, Lord, your thoughts this morning that we share. I pray for those that are in the house, those that couldn't make it this morning. I pray you would be with them. And those that are, Lord, under the weather, I pray, God, that you would um, heal them. Lord, bring healing to their bodies, to their spirit, to their soul. Lord, that you would heal us from the 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 sneezing and the sniffles and the, the nose, the runny noses, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you're doing in this season. In your name we pray, amen and amen and amen. You guys may be seated this morning. We're going to get into our scripture in a little bit, but we're so glad that you all made time. Oh, hopefully you got here early enough to get some coffee uh, or some water uh, or something else, a peppermint, hint, hint. Uh, but we're so glad that we get to... Uh, uh, share with you some thoughts that God has given us. And so we have entered a season in which the entire world takes time to be with their loved ones. Others reverence the fact that a Savior was born. And, and though for some the date is off and to others is just another month, another week, or another day. But regardless of what priority you give it, it does not negate the fact that a Savior was indeed born. And that he came to restore what man had destroyed but for us as believers, it takes on a greater meaning, doesn't it? We, we acknowledge the birth of our Savior, the Lamb that was slain for me because of me, the one who wrongfully took my rightful place on that cross, the one that changed my life and those around me, the one that taught, how, taught us how to love without conditions. And we, we celebrate the birth of Jesus who makes all things new, who makes all things possible. And that's who we celebrate, the one who, who chose to come to this broken, corrupted, defiled world and without regret show the world love never known before. And to bring the gift of forgiveness that would blow humanity away, to, to demonstrate that even a saint can sit with the sinners. This Jesus was like was unlike any other human being ever seen. He was God in the flesh, sent from heaven to earth. It's this indescribable gift. God in his beautiful, infinite mind decided to be the initiator of this broken relationship with humanity. And just as any man that is deeply in love is willing to do whatever it takes to have her back in his life, God lays it all down and he steps out of his pure and holy throne. And this love has blinded him as the saying goes, love is blind. He, to, uh, he, uh, that he doesn't think twice about it. He doesn't weigh the pros and the cons. He is so madly in love that it does not matter what he has to do or what he has to go through to get humanity back. He was willing to go through the pain, the hurt, the rejection, the infidelity, the cross. He was willing to go through it all for you and for me. Jesus was born to die so that through his death we might live. It's this indescribable gift. I, I don't know if you've ever been, ever been given something nice in your life. Maybe, maybe your spouse when you were dating serenaded you with a song or maybe could afford a mariachi, right? Or maybe he or she bought you the very thing that you had been wanting. Or maybe he or she uh, bought you the, uh, uh, took you on the cruise rather than you always dreamt of. And, and that's great stuff. It really is. But for someone who you didn't even know yet to die for you so that you might live, well, that has to top 
even the best gift you have received thus far. I mean, I know that the, that trip was wonderful, and I know that that gift left you speechless, and I know those flowers were one of a kind, but a man who I didn't even know existed to say, oh, by the way, years from now when you're born and you come into this broken world that will without a doubt fail you and knock you down numerous of times during your lifetime, and you feel hopeless and completely lost and are in search of the why I am here, I want you to know that I can't as a human baby boy only to grow up to endure the curse of the cross to die for you so that you might know the width the length the depth the height of God's love and live this life in abundance in him and through him it's this indescribable gift that that is out of this world literally out of this world love that is love to the infinite power And this man has a name. His name shall be Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, God with me. His name shall be Jesus, for he shall save the world from its sin. Not only does he have a name, but he also has some descriptions. And our topic this morning is the indescribable gift. And so throughout the scriptures, we find those descriptions given to us. And one of the most famous, perhaps, is that of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. And it says, for unto us, you know the scripture, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Or some would say, wow. Uh, What a description, wouldn't you say? I mean, how many of your friends could come up with a description like that about you? Exactly. (laughs) So for the next couple of moments, let's look into these descriptions in hopes that we might know this Jesus who is madly in love with you. So the first one is wonderful. Another word for that is admirable. It's outstanding. One of the definitions is a quality that excites admiration or amazement, exceedingly pleasing, suiting somebody perfectly. Wonderful. That in itself is wonderful, right? Isaiah says to, the humani- to humanity, you can call him wonderful. And when he came, he was a wonder. He transcends human understanding. He is unique among human beings. He stands supreme above everything else. His name is wonderful because he is wonderful. How else could, would you describe someone who was born out of a virgin woman's womb who said he was sent from God in the heavens, who later said that before Abraham was, meaning thousands of years before I, I existed, I already am, who then when there was nothing else for the woman with hemorrhage to do but to sit and die, she comes in by simply touching the hem of his garment, he completely restores her health and the crowd was left in wonder. And when a friend of his who has been dead for a few days and his body reeks and his body has already be, uh, begun the decomposition process and everyone nearby already knows that he is dead, he, Jesus, comes and calls him out by name. And out of the darkness of that cave, Lazarus peers through the lens of death and still wrapped in the, in the clothes, he makes his way towards his friend, Jesus. And when the culmination of his earthly life came to an end, the entire creation bowed to him and reverenced him in only the way that it could. And the multitudes were left in wonder. And the centurion said, surely this was the son of God. David in one of his psalms, Psalm 77 verse 14 says, you are the God who does wonders. 
You have declared your strength among the people. And the crowd was left in wonder. But not just wonderful, but you can call him counselor. Not only can we call him wonderful, but we can call him counselor. And his name will be called counselor. Jesus reveals the mind of God. He counsels us from God's perspective. He gives us God's counsel. When we have no clue on what to do, we can boldly come to him and ask him for counsel, for advice. When you are facing a life-changing decision and we need to be certain that we make the right choice, we can call upon him and he will answer. Are you with me this morning? I know. I know that our friends have the best counsel in the world, the best advice, and I know that the parents have words of wisdom to share, and I know that there are people who specialize themselves in counseling that have the knowledge to position you in the victor's seat, but there is nothing that can match the counsel of God. Our lives, your life, my life is full of decision, isn't it? Every day we make decisions. The most important one is, do I want to go to work today? (laughs) This council thing is so important to God, so much that he mentions it to his disciples before he ascends to heaven after his resurrection. He assures them that they won't be left alone, but that he would send a counselor, other versions say a comforter, an advocate. And Jesus thought that it was vital to them to know that they would always have a counselor available to them when needed. And that this counselor would guide them into all truth. In other words, there would be no false counsel. There would be no bad advice given to them, only the truth. In other words, there would be no false counsel in anything that he shared. When we are facing the Goliaths in our lives, know that there is a counselor waiting to give you words of encouragement. Words that will lift you up. Words that will bring hope again. Words that will restore. Words that will wipe your tears away. Words that will soothe the soul. Job 12 verse 13 says, but true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. Words like Proverbs 2, 7, he holds victory victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. Words like Psalms chapter 5 verse 12, for surely, O God, you bless the righteous, you surround them with your favor as with the shield. Words like Psalms verse 9, chapter 9 verse 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Words like Psalm 1611, you have made it known to me the path of life and you will fill me with your joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Words like Isaiah 30 verse 18, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are are all who wait for him. Not only does he come into this broken world, but he comes with counsel, with a word for you, for every situation you will ever face. And his name shall be Counselor. And he counseled creation, and the crowd was left in wonder. But he's also Mighty God. His name will be called Mighty God. He is God Almighty. In him dwells all the fullness of the deity in bodily form, according to Colossians 2.9. Not only is he wonderful and counselor, but he is Mighty God. Not just God, but he is Mighty God. You would surely want a Mighty God in your corner, right? 
Mighty is translated in the Hebrew as warrior, powerful. As Paul has made notice to us that we are at war, it is good to have a God who knows a thing or two about wars and battles. And Jesus came as an innocent baby child and fragile, but, but don't let the softness of his baby skin fool you, nor the splendor of those pure, captivating eyes, because even in his young age, he was mighty. Mighty enough to transcend the law of nature, birth from a virgin woman's womb, mighty enough to trample the law of logic by way of providing supernatural divine healing, mighty enough to triumph over the law of sin by way of redemption, mighty enough to tread over over the law of death by way of his resurrection, and you shall call him mighty God. This means that in every struggle of my life, every battle that I face, whether it be a personal sickness or a personal dilemma or a financial rut, a relational chaos, a marital conflict, there is a God who will go to war with me. I won't be left standing alone, fighting for my life, fighting for my health, fighting for my family, fighting for my children, fighting for my relationship, fighting for my finances, fighting for my marriages. No, the mighty God is standing strong with me so that when I am weak, then am I made strong through him and because of him. He is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. Mighty God, he is a mighty God. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you, with you, with you, with you, to fight for you, for you, with you, for you, against your enemies, to give you victory, give you victory. Psalms 24 verse 8 says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. God told Moses, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. God told Joshua, don't fear the enemy for the Lord your God will fight for you. God told David when he is facing a goofy looking giant, this battle is not yours. It's the Lord. He will fight for you. It's this indescribable gift. God told Nehemiah as they're restoring the walls of Jerusalem of his hometown, but at the same time they're building, they're having to fight off the enemies. With one hand they're laying bricks, and with the other they're swinging with the sword. And the word spoken to Nehemiah was, our God shall fight for us. He is not fearful. He is fearless. He is a mighty God, a warrior, a powerful warrior. He is a mighty God, and he counseled creation, and the crowd was left in wonder. But he's also everlasting father from eternity past to eternity present to infinity and beyond. <laughs> and his name will be called everlasting father. This is better translated the father of eternity all the ages meet in him. Not only can we call him wonderful counselor, mighty God, but we can also call him everlasting father, which allows us to understand that he will always be there. He has been there, is there, and will be there. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Not only is he everlasting, but he is a father. He is then a protector and a provider. And it's great to know that this God that we believe in, that we come and sing to, that we come and pray to, has been around a very long, long time. He isn't some fad that comes and goes. He isn't a made-up fable that fades over time. He isn't the creation of some beautiful mind. He is the ancient of days, the rock of ages from everlasting to everlasting. 
He is here, and he is here to stay. He ain't going anywhere. He ain't running away at the first sign of trouble like most people do. No, he is here. He is there, and he is here. There's no beginning to God, and there is no end to him either. You can be at the mountaintop, and I assure you, he is there with you. And you can be in the abyss of the valley, and I assure you, he is there with you too. And David gets to a moment that he has to check himself and realize that God is still with him, even though in his life he has, made, you know, he has had some issues to face. And he pens this wonderful chapter that will no doubt encourage you at any time, at any day of your life. It's Psalms 139. But that chapter ends with this word, everlasting. Everlasting. And he shall be called everlasting father. And he is a mighty God. And he counseled creation. And the crowd was left in wonder. But he's also prince of peace. A ruler of peace, one who reigns with peace, and his name will be called Prince of Peace. Peace would would characterize his reign upon earth. And what is the one thing this world is in search of? What is the one thing people wish they had in their lives? You, You can have the material goods, the luxury at your disposal, but if you don't have peace, then you can't really enjoy it, can you? Peace makes it worth it. Peace allows you to enjoy the moment. The experience, peace, produces joy even in the toughest moments of our lives. And Jesus shall be called Prince of Peace. And what a privilege it is to know that when the storms of life arise, there is someone that can speak to it and tell it to chill out and it will obey. And when the winds and the waves of this world arise, there is someone that can adjust the cells of your life to get you to the other side. See, the word peace... Is mentioned in scripture over 400 times in scripture this word peace appears. And on that chaotic tax night, God breaks the silence of 400 years with the sound of a crying baby who would bring peace to the entire world. Because the sound of a crying baby brings peace, doesn't it? And Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 27, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. See, in this world filled with anxiety, uncertainty, we could all use some peace. Peace that passes human understanding, that you can be in a low moment in your life, yet you are peaceful. That you can be behind on your rent and literally living just by faith, yet you have peace. You can have the eviction notice in your hands, and yet there is this peace. God will see us through this. You have no clue where this month's provision is going to come, yet you have this peace. Your future seems blurry and up in the air, yet you have peace. We can call him Prince of Peace. Peace is at our disposal. We don't have to live chaotic lives just because this world is chaotic. We don't have to lose our sanity just because this world operates in insanity. We have the right to have peace. That's right. We have the right to have peace in our lives today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. He is the prince of peace. Can you just breathe real quick? Breathe in and breathe out. (laughs) Be at peace. God is with you. And he told chaos to calm down and he shall be called the everlasting father. And he is a mighty God and he counseled creation and the crowd was left in wonder. That is all great stuff. I mean, what a description, wouldn't you agree? (laughs) 
What a description of the Savior that was, that was to be born in the little town of Bethlehem. But there's still one more word that will clear things up and allow us to know him in his fullness. It will uncover the mystery that is God. Our eyes will be open to a new level of understanding. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The best way to describe God in his fullness is with this word, indescribable. You can't go wrong with that. It's the perfect description of God. I mean, Isaiah attempts to describe who he is, but there is still so much more. He is not in error by doing so, but you have to know that there is more to God. You and I can come up with a description of who God is because of the way we have seen him move in in the different stages of our lives. And you and I would be correct in our descriptions, but even then we would fall short of fully describing him in his fullness. To attempt to describe God is by default limiting who he is because when we have come up with the best descriptions that we can, we will quickly realize that there is still so much more to him. And the best way to describe this baby born in a manger on tax day with the chaos that comes with tax day is this word, indescribable. The great prophets of the Old Testament strive to come up with words that would describe to humanity who the invisible God was. But even they fell short. And the one man that got it right on the nail was perhaps the most dangerous man alive in those times. A religious man that knew the law, that studied the law, that was persuaded that he was was right and that there was no doubt that his God was pleased with what he was doing. This man named Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, understood something very powerful. God cannot be described God cannot be described. God is meant to be experienced. And he experiences him on his way to Damascus. (laughs) It's this indescribable gift in closing. This baby boy who was born in Bethlehem, whose name was Jesus, cannot be described. He is beyond our finite mind, beyond our logic and reason. Jesus, this Jewish boy, brought so much to this world that there is no way we can put it into words. And we have all been able to experience God in our lives, and that's a wonderful thing. And his name shall be called Indescribable. See, God chose to come to us to bridge the gap that sin created. He took the form of a man To come and experience humanity, and he did it for you. He did it just for you. So celebrate his life. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty God. He's everlasting father, prince of peace. But better yet, he's indescribable. He's indescribable. It was a sunny Saturday morning, and the man decided to bring his seven-year-old son along to work with him to show his son what his daddy did. And he showed him the big gears which raised and lowered the bridge and how to pull the levers here and there. And the boy later played along the river, skipping rocks on the water, chased some butterflies, and even tried to catch some fish. And just before noon, a passenger train was due to come through the area. And so the man began to make preparations to let the bridge down so the train could pass safely across the river. 
And as he examined the bridge, he noticed that someone, a small child, must have crawled over the guardrail next to the bridge and had gotten his foot stuck in one of the gears. And as he looked closer, he was horrified to discover that it was his own son. He heard the train's first whistle blow, and the child was too far away for him to run to his rescue and then get back to lower the bridge. He knew he had to make a quick decision. If he lowered the bridge now, his son would die, crushed by the mammoth gears. But if he didn't, all the people on the train would die as the train would plunge into the river. And he barely had any time to think. As he screamed in agony, the man thrust forward the lever to lower the bridge just as the train arrived. His son died instantly. As the train glided by, the man noticed people in the boxcars reading their papers and magazines, sipping their drinks, some laughing and some waved, and all were oblivious to what had just taken place. And the man could take it no longer. And he screamed at the, after the train and heaves, don't you understand? Don't you know what I did for you? I gave my son's life for you. Don't you even care? And yet Sunday after Sunday, week after week, Christmas after Christmas, day after day, there sits an unopened gift because we are oblivious to what really matters. This gift, this indescribable gift is available to you. It's the greatest gift exchange you could ever be a part of. Beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for your mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Peace for your anxiety. A rainbow after the storm. This indescribable gift is available to you. And this time around, things may be a little, may be a little more difficult for some of you as you gather with family for the holidays. For some, it will be a Christmas with no gifts because finances have been tough this year. And for others, there will be one less car in the driveway because someone chose to leave and didn't bother to say goodbye. And for others, there will be an empty chair at the dinner table this time around. And my heart goes out to you. But I hope the memories of that loved one fills the room with love. And for others, there will be a sense of sadness because life was supposed to be different this year. This was your year, right? This was my year. It was supposed to be different. And maybe you didn't get to achieve the goals that you had. Maybe life threw you a curveball that you weren't expecting and, then you, and you had to reroute some things in your life. Maybe you ordered matching gender reveal t-shirts, hoping you'd be able to use them. And instead you had to fold them and store them in the closet somewhere because things are different this time around. 
this indescribable gift is just for you. He is madly in love with you. Beauty for your ashes, oil of joy for your mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, peace for your anxiety, a rainbow after the storm. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I hope that this time around, you open that gift and that there would be no unwrapped gift under the tree this season. That this indescribable gift was meant for you and for me. And we don't have to wait till Christmas to open that gift. You can actually open that gift today. So, Lord, right now, I thank you for this indescribable gift. Thank you for the story that you are writing about us. Lord, that as a year is about to end, God, some of our stories took a a turn, Lord, that we were not expecting. And we thought we would end on a high note and that things would be different by now and We find ourselves here now, some with broken dreams, some with shattered relationships, some barely holding on to their faith. I pray that you would meet them where they're at. That today, life is not just a present, but your salvation is a present to them. It's an indescribable gift, God, that you give us specifically for us. So, Lord, out of all the gift exchanges that we will participate in a few days, God, let this gift exchange be the one that matters the most. God, we thank you for your gift, that it is a gift that keeps on giving. You are wonderful, you are counselor. You're mighty God. You are everlasting Father. You are Prince of Peace. But more than that, you are the indescribable gift. And I don't want to attempt to describe you. I want to experience you. So this morning, we make room for you in our lives. Come into our hearts. In the secret places of our hearts, God, that we have excluded you from, we give you permission, Lord to enter into those areas and bring full healing to us. Restore us, cleanse us. God, that we would step into a new season, a new year, God, forgiven and completely free. And we thank you for the gift that is Jesus. Thank you for the greatest story ever told. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand praise this morning?